Welcome to episode 61 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, are you looking to persuade a friend or family member to come backpacking with you? We've got the perfect gateway activity to start them off with. Then, if you haven't found the perfect knife from the wagon of the village peddler, we'll give you an even better place to start. Next, on the Summit Gear Review, a multi-use piece of gear that can go from pack to trail and right back to pack. Then, on the Backpack Hack of the Week, 420 calories and no mess. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, William O. Douglas. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. So one of the sneaky ways that Josh got me hooked on backpacking was by getting me involved in a gateway activity, and that was day hiking. And so we went on, we still go on, lots and lots of day hikes. And this is a great way to kind of get your friends and family to maybe acclimate a little more to the out of doors, maybe gain some of those skills. Day hiking is just a really great way to introduce people to spending more time outside. On this podcast, we talk a lot about backpacking. And I don't want anyone to get the impression that we think that day hiking is some kind of wimpy activity that, you know, hardcore backpackers, they don't go day hiking. They always go overnight. And that's just not true at all. We go day hiking a lot and we love it because it gets us out way more than if we were to only go when we could backpack overnight. And there's a lot of crossover gear, too. I mean, we've loaded up your pack, Josh. With all of our food and, you know, a blanket and just random stuff to go on kind of a picnic uh, day hike. We might bring a hammock on a day hike. Uh, We could even bring water filters if we think we're going to be out for a while. Uh, Yeah, all kinds of stuff that we use on our backpacking trips. It's great to bring it along on day hikes. We're kind of ultra prepared, I guess, for day hikes now. One of our favorite places to take our family day hiking is on logging roads. We found that that's a really great, I don't know, little hidden treasure. We've got tons of logging roads here, but even in places that don't have forest, there's still access roads. You know, these roads that are just for utility maintenance or whatever else, you know, I mean, they're all over the place. And they're great to hike on for a day hike, especially with a larger group, because you can all kind of hike together. You're not all spread out on the trail. It gives you time to talk and, you know, and actually be able to, to be with each other while you're hiking. And these access roads tend to be a little more primitive. They're typically not paved. They're just rough roads. And um, so you're not going to feel like you're hiking along a, a road road. It's, it's more like a trail that's really wide that has a patch of green grass running down the center of it. <laughs> right. Two trails right next to each other, right? A couple of ruts <laughs> in the dirt that you can hike on. When I was growing up, we had a forest uh, very close to my home. Well, okay, we lived in the forest. (laughs) But about a half mile away from our home, we had this place that we called the Enchanted Forest. Uh, 
It was a tree farm. That's all it was. So it was a bunch of trees that had all been planted at the same time, very uniform, you know, not a lot of variety, but it gives you that sort of otherworldly feel because it's not quite a natural forest. We loved going to the Enchanted Forest, and we went there all the time on just day hikes. We would just head down the road, the half mile, and just start walking through this Enchanted Forest. And it's just one of my great memories from growing up, those day hikes that we took as a family. So a few years ago, I think I was feeling a little bit hiking deprived because of all those day hikes that I had taken as a kid. And the two of us get together about once a year to set some goals for our family. We set this goal that we would take our family out on a day hike once a month, and we put it on the calendar. It was like uh, the second Saturday of every month, and did that for a year. And then we repeated it the second year because we loved it so much. It was just great every time of the year, every month, to get out on one Saturday with the family, no matter the weather, no matter what else was going on, and just be outside. So if you're looking for a great way to get started in backpacking or help get your family or your friends started, then day hiking really is the perfect gateway activity. For today's top five list, the top five case brand knives that backpackers might be interested in checking out. Knives are a really basic outdoor tool. They're stronger than you are. They can peel an apple, whittle a stick, they can repair gear, and they can even skin a squirrel if your freeze-dried meal just wasn't enough. Huh, right. Case knives have a massive following. I don't want to say it's a cult following because that's kind of weird, but they have a really strong, deep, devoted following. They're produced exclusively in the United States, and they're based out of Bradford, Pennsylvania. And they used to be sold out of a wagon. Isn't that charming? Yeah. I love it. I just love the idea of a, a guy going through town with this little wagon filled with all these handcrafted knives. And I don't know, maybe he had a little song that he sang, or maybe he just yelled, knives for sale, maybe. <laughs> I have never even thought about that. Well, that's how these knives were sold back then. And for backpackers, we picked out the top five case knives that we think you might be interested in. So let's run through these five knives. The first one we're going to start with is the case caliber lockback knife. The caliber lockback is a really great knife for the budget-minded backpacker because it's under $20. This is a lockback knife with a texturized handle. And the knife part, the uh, blade, I guess is what people call it typically. Yes, that's what they call it. <laughs> the blade. Um, on this knife, two-thirds of the blade is showing when it's closed. So it's really easy to open because you don't have to just use that little thumb grip. You could just grab the whole blade and pop it open. When the knife is closed, it's three and three-fourths inches, and it only weighs 1.2 ounces. The only downside to this knife for backpackers is that there's no hole in the handle for attaching a carabiner or a rope. So that's the only downside to this knife. But other than that, it's lightweight. It has a great feel to it and it has a good grip and it would be a great knife for a backpacker. Yeah, it has a great price. The second knife we want to share is the Sodbuster Junior. This one's nearly double the price of the Caliber Lockback at $33.99. One of the things that I like about the Sodbuster Junior is that it has a really smooth handle. I mean, ultra smooth. And then I love that the thumb grip on the Sodbuster Junior is higher up toward the tip of the knife, which makes it really easy to open. 
And if you're looking for a knife that's super easy to find when you're digging through your 10 essentials, this is the one because it comes in kind of a yellowish and then bright hunter orange. And the orange is great. You are never going to lose this knife. Well, you might. This knife also doesn't have a little hole in the handle so that you can attach it onto something. So it is a pocket carry or a 10 essentials carry, but not, not one that you can clip to the outside of your pack. It's not a lockback knife. It has a really strong spring. So when you pop it open, it springs into place and it has a really strong spring, but it's not a locking spring. The blade on the Sodbuster Jr. is just a tiny bit longer than the caliber lockback at three and five eighths inch. The weight comes in nearly double, 2.1 ounces. I think the strength of this knife is the color. And it's kind of funny to say that about a knife because you would think it's, it's the blade. It's the blade that matters. But um, sometimes you just want something that will stand out. And so I really appreciate that this knife has a bright handle. The next knife on our list is the Junior Scout. It's the most expensive one of the ones that we're reviewing today. It's $106.99, but it's a classic, and it looks like a classic. So of all the knives that we're reviewing today, this has the most classic American knife look. It has an amber bone color and a peach seed jig, which are signatures of the Case brand. And when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's really textured, but at the same time, really smooth. It just has a fun feel that you'll just want to rub your thumb on because it's just that um, it's rough and smooth at the same time. Yeah, if you see the handle of this uh, Scout Junior, you'll recognize it instantly that bone handle, and then it's got those brown coloration in that ivory-colored bone handle. It's not ivory, <laughs> but, you know, the same color because it's bone uh, with those brown marks in it. You can't mistake it. I mean, the moment you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a knife handle. And it's only 2.2 ounces, which may be a little more than you want to carry, but it's so beautiful. And it comes with four different tools. Yeah, so the first two knives we reviewed are single blade knives, but this one has a main blade plus three other tools in it. And I'm going to carefully and gingerly open up each one so we can see it here. So this knife has a spear blade, a can opener, a screwdriver, and a leather punch with bale. Do you know what a bale is? No, I don't. It must be the way that it's um, cut. Uh, so this leather punch really kind of looks like a knife blade, except that it's a straight edge instead of a curved edge. It's also different from a knife blade because it's not tapered on both sides. It's only tapered on one side. I would consider the Junior Scout to be not only a gift knife, but a really great crossover knife. So if you are wanting something that you can use in other outdoor rec settings, not just on backpacking trips, then this is a really great knife. And another thing that you'll appreciate about this knife is that it does have a loop on the very top so you can secure it to your backpack or attach it to a carabiner and make sure that it's attached to your belt loop. Well, for knife number four, we're going to jump up to something quite a bit larger than the ones we've covered so far. This will appeal to certain people who, you know, I think people who are really going to use this knife a lot while they're out on the trail, they want something larger. So this next one is the Camo Caliber XX Changer. So this knife totally reminded me of a couple friends that we went out backpacking with a couple months ago, Tom and Corey. This is the kind of knife that they would use. Not only is it camo, but it has interchangeable blades. So you could take it out backpacking. And these guys, they didn't seem too concerned about weight. 
No. They, they brought some tarps with them and some canned goods. Pretty tough guys, actually. Yeah, weight was not a big deal for them. And right after our trip, they were heading out fishing. Exactly. And so this would have been the perfect knife to take on both the backpacking trip and the fishing expedition. This is a really great knife because it's a locking knife, which has four interchangeable blades. So it has a clip blade, a fillet, a saw, and a drop point blade. And the one that I have in there right now is the drop point blade. That's the most classic looking. And for being the size that it is, which is about eight and a half inches when it's open, it's a pretty large knife. I don't know if I would call this a pocket knife. Oh, it would fit in your pocket. I mean, it's, it's eight and a half inches, including the handle when it's open. Right. I think it's something, though, that you would probably want to keep on the outside of your pocket. Like, it comes with a carrying case that has all the different blades in it, and you can attach that to your belt. Yeah, if you want to have all the blades with you and handy, then use the carrying case that it comes in. Uh, on the other hand, for a particular trip, and you know that you only need one of the four blades, then you could load up the blade that you need, and it would be fine in your pocket. And this knife does have a hole on the end of the handle, so you can easily attach a rope or some paracord to it. If you're just going to take one blade, it's only 3.8 ounces, which is definitely heavier than most backpackers would probably want to carry. But if you're going to be going from trail to stream, then it makes sense. Altogether, if you take all four blades, it adds up to 12 ounces. So this is going to be worth the weight for some people and not worth the weight for other people. But definitely for Tom and Corey, this is their knife. Okay, for the last knife, we're going to come all the way back down the scale on weight. In fact, this is by far the lightest knife in the set that we're reviewing today and is my personal favorite. This is the Carbon Fiber Lockback. It's also known as the Executive. And I think this one has some interesting modern features to it that make it more appealing to, let's just call them the minimalists. People who don't need a lot of flash to their knives. This one has an interesting straight thumb grip. You can also just open it by pinching the blade because about half of the blade is exposed. The thumb grip on this knife is a little bit further toward the pivot point of the blade, which makes it, I think, a little bit less convenient to open, but there must be some reason for that. Do you have an idea? I'm not sure because it would have been easy enough to uh, carve that thumb slot higher up on the blade or closer to the tip. The handle is beautiful. It is a smooth black carbon fiber handle, which has a design that looks like it was created by M.C. Escher. And when you twirl the knife around, it kind of changes the way the light hits it. Yeah, it's almost iridescent. Not quite, but it's, it's something like that. Really neat pattern and very subtle at the same time. The closed knife is three and one eighths inch, and it has a weight of point six ounces. Love it. Love that weight. And if you look at this knife and use it and hold it in your hand, it's probably about as small as you would want to go. Like I would say it's just maybe barely the right size for like cutting pieces off an apple or cutting pieces of cheese or salami or cutting cord. And the handle is just the perfect size for your hand to grip on. So you're not going to be just holding on with a couple fingers. It's got a good grip. Well, that handle's going to be too small for some people. I would say if you are a woman <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a man with very skinny fingers, then this would be a good knife. Yeah. The grip is just the right size. I have fairly skinny fingers, so it's okay for me 
it's enough of a handle that I can get three of my fingers over it. Whereas if I were to pull out the Caliber XX Changer, now I'm comfortably getting all four fingers around the knife, plus my thumb has got a really good spot to keep it secure in my hand. Well, this last one, the carbon fiber lockback, is definitely the smallest single blade handle out of all the ones that we've reviewed today. The other ones have a, a bigger handle and are a lot more comfortable to hold. But this one, yeah, I think it's right on the edge of what would what would be comfortable to hold. Like you wouldn't want to go any smaller than this. But 0.6 ounce sold me. It's great. And you don't even have to buy it out of the back of a wagon. These knives can either be found on wrcase.com or probably more easily through your local retailer. Or if you want a knife with a story behind it, then check out eBay because they also have a great selection of vintage case knives. For today's Summit Gear Review, we are reviewing the Peregrine Ultralight Dry Summit Pack. This is a great piece of gear that can transition from day hikes to backpacking. Basically, it's a dry bag, so it keeps wet things wet and dry things dry and it has shoulder straps and a roll top. So you can fill it up with a light load or you can take it with you backpacking and use it as a dry bag for your clothing or even as a summit pack for a short little hike while you're backpacking. In terms of structure, the Peregrine Ultralight Dry Summit Pack is made of 30 denier Cordura fabric, which is ultralight as well as being durable and compact and weatherproof. It's a cylinder-shaped pack and then it has these really lightweight shoulder straps attached to it. So it can really double as just a dry bag, or you put it on your back and take it as a pack. It has a Hypalon roll-top closure. You've probably seen these where uh, you kind of roll it down a couple rolls, and then it has these two little clasps that hook together from opposite ends of the top of the bag. It has a double waterproof treatment, so it has a siliconized outside and a polyurethane coated inside. The shoulder straps are somewhat padded, but not a lot, and there's no hip belt, no sternum strap, so this pack is going to be best for pretty light loads, maybe 6 to 10 pounds, just enough for, well, summiting. On the exterior of the pack, it has a drawstring net, so it's the kind of thing that can either compress the bag, or you can stash your rain jacket or coat in there. This is a very simple bag. It doesn't really have any extras besides that drawstring net on the outside. It has no pockets, which is not really a problem if you're just using it as a stuff sack or just a summit pack, but sometimes you want somewhere to stick your water bottle or, you know, a place to put your keys. So it would be nice if it had, you know, just one little extra pocket or some place to stash a water bottle. There's also no padding on the back, so you'll want to fill this bag strategically so you don't have something lumpy like a camera lens right in the middle of your back. The Peregrine Ultralight Dry Summit Pack weighs only 3.6 ounces, which is amazing because it has multi-uses. I mean, it's great that it's so light and it's so multifunctional. It's a 25 liter pack and it's a top opening pack and it has about the diameter inside of a dinner plate. And the whole pack is 22 inches long, but you have to remember that you're going to be rolling down the top, so you're not going to be able to use all 22 inches. For maintenance, just hand wash in lukewarm water and mild soap, and because it's a dry bag, you could probably just shake it a few times, and the water is going to beat up and just fly off the bag. For investment, it's $30, and for trial, 
I would say if I were to make just one change to the bag, it would be to give it at least an interior pocket or a water bottle pocket. And because the bag is just a 25 liter bag, I didn't really feel the need for compression. You know, the the net on the outside that can offer compression. However, I did love some of the really great weight-saving details on this pack. So I loved the really slender cinch straps that are at the base of the shoulder straps. I thought that was a really nice way to cut weight and make this pack even lighter. And then, of course, on a traditional pack, you have the wide webbing straps, and it's really durable and tough. But on this pack, they really did a great job with cutting weight by making those shoulder straps attached with a really narrow webbing. It's almost like a grow grain ribbon. A what? Grow grain? I think most people call it gross grain ribbon. My grandma said you don't pronounce the S. I think it's French. I have never heard of that. Grow grain? (laughs) Is that the ribbon stuff that you wrap presents with and like... Really nice presents, yeah. Nice presents. And you use like the edge of scissors to curl it? No, that's curling ribbon. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, grow grain ribbon is beautiful. Like You would wrap a little box with that kind of ribbon. And you would probably save the ribbon forever and tie it in your daughter's hair. Anyway, yeah, this on this bag, it's more narrow ribbon. Yeah, three-eighths of an inch, uh, probably just under a centimeter. And definitely more durable than... Than ribbon? Than ribbon. <laughs> okay, good. I also thought it was a nice touch that the straps are padded. I would call it micro-padding. It's so thin But still, it's the thought that counts. You know, it's probably not going to provide a lot of comfort, but I thought it was a nice, you know, A for effort. This is a dry bag. And because of that, the shoulder straps are perforated and will allow drainage if you are caught in a rainstorm. So I thought that was a really nice touch also. You're not going to have soggy shoulder straps. I took this Peregrine pack on a business trip the other day. It was a quick overnight road trip, and I didn't have enough stuff to bring even my smallest uh, suitcase that I would take when I usually travel. So I grabbed this uh, dry pack and just stuffed a few pieces of clothing in it for my overnight trip, and it worked out great. It was a really rainy trip, so that was good. Even though I was just carrying it between the car and the hotel, my stuff stayed dry, which was nice. And also I had kind of this second goal. Even though it was a business trip, I was going to try to fit in a couple hours of day hiking on the second day. So that was kind of my other reason for bringing the Peregrine pack. I knew that I could pull out, you know, my business clothing and stuff in my 10 essentials and my water bottle and head out hiking. So the Peregrine Ultralight Dry Summit Pack, you know, is great for doing day hikes on backpacking trips. It's great to just use as a dry bag on a backpacking trip. It's great for going out on just dedicated day hikes or walks. And at the same time, both of us really felt like it was the kind of thing that we could take just for any kind of travel. For today's backpack hack of the week, a no-mess tuna sandwich kit. The most popular meal by far on our family day hikes is tuna sandwiches. And what we usually do is buy the larger package of tuna, and we spend a good five minutes opening up all the little tiny mayo packets and squeezing in enough mayo to make tuna sandwiches for six people. At some point, it probably will make more sense to bring a little jar of mayonnaise than opening up all those tiny little packets. But yeah, it's what we do now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to make a no-mess tuna sandwich kit that you can put together and have a tuna sandwich for one, 
here's the way to do it. You're gonna need a 2.1 ounce foil packet of tuna, and we usually buy the Bumblebee Premium Tuna in water. So we're gonna add some calories to this. Two mayonnaise packets, and we use the Heinz Real Mayonnaise, which is 0.42 ounces of mayonnaise. And then you're gonna want to put two fajita tortillas in a zip top sandwich bag. And the reason you want the fajita tortillas is because those fit perfectly inside of a sandwich zip top bag. They're smaller than the traditional tortillas. So all of this fits perfectly inside of a zip top sandwich bag and you could even slide a plastic spoon in there along with a napkin and you have the perfect lunch. Okay, so we have a two ounce packet of tuna. We have two mayonnaise packets and two fajita sized tortillas. When you're ready to eat, just add the mayonnaise packets to the bag of tuna, stir it up with a spoon and put half on one tortilla, half on the other tortilla, you could even pack along some pepper and mustard too. That's perfect. Then when you're finished, just put all the trash back in the plastic sandwich bag and you're done. So as the recipe stands, including all the packaging and stuff, it ends up being 78 calories an ounce. However, if you double the mayonnaise, if you can stomach that, <laughs> it bumps it up to 580 calories for this lunch, which is 107 calories an ounce. And that crosses my threshold for calorie density. Yeah, tuna's not going to win any awards for being calorie dense. As long as it's packed in water, you know, it just, you can only get so many calories in there. We'll leave you with a little trail wisdom from former Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas. He said, I learned early that the richness of life is found in adventure. Adventure calls on all the faculties of mind and spirit. It develops self-reliance and independence. Life then teems with excitement. But man is not ready for adventure unless he is rid of fear. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. got the perfect getaway activity to start them off with. Mm, gateway? Gate oh, did I say getaway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same letters. <laughs> yeah, or uh, yeah, you said it. <laughs> and I probably should have said something else. Go for it. <laughs> Knives have handles and blades. Handles and blades, handles and blades. <laughs> Knives 101. <laughs> Thank you. Here's the handle. Here's the here's blade. blade. <laughs> With taped and double stitch steams. Uh, double stitch steams, yes. <laughs> <Nice>. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. <laughs> Mayonnaise, a lot of calories. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs>